Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by a very special guest, Iram Saeed. Born into a culture of extreme restrictions for women, she went through tragic cycles of loss for almost 20 years. After decades of enduring abuse and financial destruction, she contemplated ending it all. At that lowest point in her life, she discovered the key to unlocking the limitless joy and happiness that is within each of us. Today, she's here as the owner and founder of the Telesummit series, From Heartache to Joy, which focuses on helping women empower themselves through ancient self-awareness techniques and cutting-edge healing modalities. This program assists people in releasing their pain, dissolving their fear, and transforming worry and frustration into love, joy, and abundance. From Heartache to Joy was founded by Iram in 2012, and with less than four years, it has become an industry leader and has generated multiple seven figures. She is also very passionate about helping other women and recently set a goal to help educate 100,000 women from the impoverished regions of Pakistan, where she's from. I've asked her to join us today and share what she's learned coming to the USA as a Muslim female immigrant with very little to starting, growing, and operating a multiple seven-figure telesummit empire. Iram, we've talked about doing this for so long. I'm glad we finally got it on the books. Uh, I know you're busy, so thank you so much for your time today. How are you? Yay! Yeah, I am great. Thanks, Daryl. It is so exciting to be here. You know, I love chatting with you anyway. I always learn so much. So I've been I've been looking forward to this chat for a long time too. So I'm I'm just thrilled and excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Good, good, good. Well, again, it's an honor, and I really appreciate bringing in because you've really got a, a powerful story because you really did have to build all of this yourself. I don't think anyone really gave anything to you. You've earned everything, every step of the way. And not only that, but, you know, a lot of people might say you had a lot of glass ceilings you had to break through. So I really am glad that you agreed to come and share that with the listeners because I think there's a lot to be learned from it. So so as I've already said, everyone here, as I mentioned, you came to the USA from a third world country. You didn't have a lot when you came here. Um, you obviously didn't know and have all the skills and know everything you needed to know to operate a seven-figure business in the beginning. So uh, what were you doing even before you got started? Like, how did how did that come about? Well, you know, Daryl, one of the things I have learned um, with my struggles over the last 20 years really has been that, first and foremost, it's all about mindset. It, that's truly the only thing that stands between a person's success um, is really their mindset. So... You know, in the beginning, as I shared with you, I came here just like most Muslim women come here is through marriage. They get married. It's, it was an arranged marriage. I got married, came here to be a housewife. Um, the marriage didn't work out. There were a lot of issues, and I got divorced. And because I had a daughter, I could not go back to Pakistan where my family would have taken care of me. I was forced to stay here and figure out what I needed to do to start a career. 
um, in the beginning, I just worked for a bank. Now, I had a bachelor's degree from Pakistan, but it didn't. It's not recognized here as a bachelor's. You would probably just get a credit of high school diploma. So, um, didn't really have that going for me, and yep. didn't have any experience either. But I just had that mindset that I was going to create the kind of life that I wanted to provide for my daughter. It wasn't easy. It wasn't always easy, but. Since I kept going with that mindset, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to make that happen. And in a way, the divorce kind of served to kind of catapult me in the right direction because I just was burning with this desire to prove to my ex that I didn't need his help, that I was not going to go back falling to him. So at that time, it served me. And then, you know, of course, I went to another marriage and then another divorce. And um, which was in 2010, it ended, and I really was in a funk. I was that was probably the lowest point in my life. And I remember when I turned 40, I you know I I was all alone. It was my birthday, and my daughters were both gone on their visitation with their dad. And um, I sat there and I looked at the list of things that I had wanted to accomplish, just like all of us do. I had lots of dreams. I had lots of wishes, and um, 80% of the stuff on that list was stuff that I could not ever even hope to achieve at that time. It was very, very depressing. You know, I was all alone. I didn't have any friends left. The community had totally outcast me because I was, you know, I had dared to go through another divorce. It's a, it's a really big no-no. It's a taboo in our culture to go through even one divorce, let alone two. Mm. And uh, my career as a lender in the finance industry was over because the banks weren't lending. I had no money. I was uh, looking at three different lawsuits against me, including my divorce case, and I was unrepresented. I didn't have any attorney. Um, I was also looking at bankruptcy and extreme heartbreak. Um, it was just really a very, very dark place. And um, that day, I just, I just went into prayer, and I declared it to God. I was mad at God. I was not happy. It's like, this is not how I envisioned my life. This is not how I envisioned my 40th birthday. I am done. And either you are going to give me what I desire in life, or I'm done. I don't want this. You can take it back. And I think that was a very important turning point in my life because it just, you know, when you're just so done, you will do anything to accomplish what you need to accomplish. And I think that's when that big mind shift took place. And within my mind, it was a paradigm shift. And I, I really set out to achieve what I wanted. And, yes, I started the Tell Summit in 2012, and, you know, the rest is history. It's, been, it's just been an awesome, awesome journey. Not only have I accomplished the financial goals that I wanted to accomplish, Daryl, but most importantly, my deep desire that had moved me always that had moved me was to serve, you know, to, how, mm-hmm. to figure out how I can help other women. And this is key, Daryl. This was something that I realized in that moment was I've always wanted to help women. I always wanted to help empower women, but I didn't know how to. And I couldn't really because I wasn't one myself. I wasn't an empowered woman myself. So that day I really began to realize, okay, if I look at my life, it's a, it's a whole bunch of, you know, succession of one failure after another after another, mm-hmm. I can either look at myself and see myself as a victim, or I can see those experiences as great learning opportunities, turn it around, become a victor, and then teach it 
So mm-hmm. my experience is teach it. What I have learned so that other women don't have to go through 20 years of heartbreak and heartache to learn what I learned. So from that day onwards, that's been my, um, that's my MO. That's how I look at all the, you know, spectacular mistakes that I still make in life. <laughs> you know, yep. I stopped judging myself as this person that, that keeps making mistakes because guess what? People that make mistakes are people that are living. Mm-hmm. You can't live. If you don't risk, if you don't take risks, you can't live if you're not making mistakes. You can't grow if you have never made any mistakes. Mm. So I started to choose to see my mistakes as these great learning opportunities, and and that's how it's been since then. And now, you know, as you very well know, I have thousands of people globally, um, majority of them women, that are connected to my work, my teachings, and every single day we are impacting their lives in a very positive way. I get emails almost on a daily basis from women telling me how much I have helped them in changing their lives. So I'm just deeply, deeply uh, blessed and just yeah. so much gratitude. That's awesome. Yeah, and I have awesome friends like you now. Aww, also other people that I lost, right? <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. That's so awesome. And it's such a beautiful story. Now, for the listeners here, I imagine like when you first started out, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows that, you know, you had to figure out some things. Do you feel like there were progressions that you've had to learn or milestones that you've crossed on your journey? Are you talking about the Terra Summit in particular? Yeah, like once you launched your business and then starting to grow that. I mean, was this your first business, the Tele Summit? No, it was not my first business, but it was the scariest business because it was it was in an industry that was not known to a lot of people. You know, when, when people always ask me, so how did you know that this would be a great business for you? The truth is I didn't. I had learned that, um, you know, one of my greatest mentors is Chris Atwood, who teaches the passion test. And I had learned that following your passion is really a big, um, it, it's a clue from your soul that you're on the right track when you know that you're following your passion. So in those days, my passion was really self-growth. I could not get enough of the teachings from different teachers around the world. So I was listening to telesummits, I was reading books, and I was always connected to self-growth, primarily because I was just really trying to figure out what was going on with me, you know, in my own life? How can I really stop this pattern of destruction and heartbreak? And and if these people can accomplish it, they're teaching it, then I can learn this. And that's what I really wanted. And one day there was an email that landed in my inbox that was talking about, hey, do you want to learn how to become a host for these health summits? And, and I just, my heart said a big yes. Yes, I do. And I contacted them and, contacted them, and it turned out that the cost of the course was going to be, you know, three months worth of um, expenses that I had saved. And I had saved only four months left because the four months left, but if I gave up three months, I had only one month worth of um, expenses that I could, um, you know, foresee for my family, for my daughters. And I took that risk. But what I knew was that I had basically, I, I did not have any safety net. I had to make this work within 30 days. Mm. And um, the person who taught me the course, I told him, and he was a bit nervous because he said, you know, it's a six-month course, Aram. Nobody's done it in 30 days. Mm. And you're wanting to complete the course and launch within 30 days. I don't know if that's possible. And I said, I will make it possible. It will work. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I said, I, I will give it to you in writing, but I don't hold you responsible. You've given me a fair warning. Let me do this. And so he did. He opened up the course. Um, you know, he let me have access to the full course. And, yep, I, I launched within four weeks. And my on my first health summit, I made, I was positive by maybe, I think, between three to $500. Wow. And I was ecstatic. Yeah. I was ecstatic because I was positive. That's all I cared about. There was positive revenue from my first launch. Yep. And then on the first one, uh, the second one, I think I was positive by $3,000. And then it just kept on increasing and increasing. We hit six figures, and then we hit seven figures, and and it's just been um, just been such a fun ride. But yes, there were a lot of hiccups. There were a lot of uh, places where I, you know, I almost was ready to give up. Um, everybody in this in the industry wanted to tell me how it was not going to work. The failure rate of new telesummits is very high. Mm. Um, most telesummits fail within their first couple of launches. Wow. And I just chose not to look at those figures, Daryl. I chose to just ignore all of that. Like, okay, thank you for the info. Not going to pay attention to it. Hmm. And that's one of the things I teach people is this key that when your heart is saying yes, your gut is saying yes, you follow that. There will be a lot of naysayers. A lot of them, your well wishes, they're sincere. Don't pay attention to that uh-huh. because otherwise you will give in to that. It will be negative feedback. It's going to start perpetuating. And uh, those same people that had given me all that feedback then later on became um, my students right. in order to learn how to do this the right way. And, you know, that's, that's basically really um, the big secret behind it. Uh-huh. Don't, don't pay attention to negative feedback. I know. I think I remember you telling me once about a friend that was like, it's not going to work and all this stuff. And then we did it. She was like, how'd you do it? And you're like, by not listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> by not listening to you. Exactly. That's awesome. I love what you're saying too, about listening to your heart and your instinct. That's something that comes up again and again and again as a trait of all entrepreneurs is that you have to trust your gut. And even if you're wrong, you like, you don't, you can't fathom all the data and information your brain is taking in at one given time, all the messages coming at you, all the experiences that you've had and all that. Your brain is such a powerful computer. Your gut intuition, even if it's wrong from time to time, you have to trust it because you need to learn to train it, right? And you need to learn to be able to, to, because sometimes the windows of opportunity are very short. So you have to trust it to Mm -hmm. be able to take action when the moment strikes, when your intuition is telling you, when your heart's screaming at you. So that's a great great message what do you feel is one of your biggest challenges in and growing and launching and building this telesummit um one of my biggest challenges i would say has been in building my list Mm. that's been one of uh one of my biggest challenges because the telesummits are typically really dependent on affiliate marketing we're basically a jv type model Mm-hmm. And um, it's beautiful. It has great advantages because the first time I launched, you know, overnight I had a list of 3,500 people um, that were hungry for the message that we were bringing. So that's the bad, good part. The bad part is that it's, it kind of becomes incestual after a while because everybody is sharing the same list and we're promoting mm-hmm. to the same group of people. And um, fresh blood is necessary. And, and we've been trying to figure out different ways, as you know, Daryl, how mm-hmm. to introduce that into our model because um that's another thing i have found Daryl. that's probably a gift that um that i have in 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 the different tools that i use is that 
I'm very, I'm really up for innovation. I love innovating. Let's find another way of doing this. Let's try 10 different things. Five of them will work. Five will just totally suck. But the, out of the five that work, one or two are going to be just awesome. That's mm. been my, you know, that's been one of the tools that I've used in the past that's really worked is let's just keep innovating. I don't want to, I don't want to keep doing stuff that we've done for two years. It may have worked well, but let's figure out how to do it better. Mm. In the beginning, my team hated me for that because they thought, you're never satisfied. And it's true. I'm never satisfied. It's like, yeah, this is great. This is awesome. We reached our goal. Now let's raise the bar. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's aim for another goal. And um, I think that's necessary, Daryl, especially if you are on the Internet, if your business is some way, somehow connected to the Internet, which is pretty much everybody these days. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that the Internet is evolving at this breakneck speed. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. And if you are not constantly innovating, you will be left behind. Mm-hmm. So just, mm-hmm. just know that. So I am not with technology. Yes. <laughs> it is not. Yes, you know that. Um, but what I have done from the very first summit that I launched, you know, I knew my weakness. That was a technology. And here I was trying to build a business that was completely internet-based. So I hired one of the best teams in the industry. And that's why I only took, took home like $300 positive because I paid the lion's share to my team. And from day one, that's been my thing, that I wanted the best team in the industry to help me because I knew I would be putting out a very, very good quality product. You know, I, I didn't have reputation on my side because I was brand new. So that was going to work against me, and I had all these big-name speakers that were going to come to my summit. So I had to produce a really high-quality uh, summit, which if I had done it done myself, it would have been a disaster. So that's another thing that I would advise people. If you, you've got to know your strengths and weaknesses from the get-go. Mm. Know your strengths, play to your strengths, delegate out your weaknesses to people that are strong in those areas. Mm. Very important. And I love, and, and the other thing that I think is really important for listeners to think about is like you said, you hired the best in the, you had started, you had 30 days. You didn't even have necessarily enough money to keep these people on going, but you were like, look, I'll do whatever I can to get you on my project. And like you said, you paid them everything. Your profit was 300 bucks, but then you'd done it and you learned from the yeah. best people in the industry. And that is so powerful. So many people that I come across entrepreneurs, including myself at times, I'll be honest, are afraid to spend the money to hire the mm-hmm. quality talent you need to accomplish your goals. And that's something that's really scary, um, and it takes a lot of courage. What would you say to someone who maybe right now is struggling and has a team, but it's not the right team? I mean, how do you know – how do you – I guess it's a risk thing, but how do you know and validate someone is you know that you can put that faith and trust in someone? I'm just thinking as a listener, they heard that they're like, okay, mm-hmm. but how do I know someone's just the best and not just like you know the one that's most talked about, right? Well, I, I, will, I will be honest with you. At that time, it was a it was a little spook because the the team that I that was being the most talked about or that really had mm. put out a quality product was the best team. And remember, I was listening to Tell Summit mm-hmm. as a listener for a couple of years prior to that, so I knew that this team really had been supporting some of the biggest Tell Summits in the industry. So I had a little bit of homework done already. And then the rest of it really was, at that point, who was willing to work with me on kind of contingency basis because 
I didn't have any money to pay them up front, right? I even paid the, I played the single woman, single mom card to the max. I'm a good salesperson, girl. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, look, this is my story. This is what I want to accomplish. You're a woman. I'm a woman. Help me out here. Right. And I, I truly believe that when you are sincere, heart-driven person, the energy is going to communicate itself. Mm-hmm. It's not even the words. It's not even the promises you're making. It's going to be the energy. It's going to tug at the other person's heart, and they're going to say, you know what? Okay, whatever. Fine. Mm-hmm. Even the big-name speakers that I had on my summit, my own coach was surprised because I really, the very first one I had, the, the first summit I did, I had attracted some of the best-name speakers on there. He's like, how'd you do it? And I, at that time, I didn't know. I was like, I don't know. I just wrote an email, and, and they said yes. And then I asked them afterwards, like, why did you say yes? I was scared to death to write those emails to you. And they said, you know, first of all, these are spiritual people. Most of them are very intuitive. So they mm-hmm. said they had tuned into my energy, and they could feel my heart. And second, they really liked my mission statement, that I was wanting to help all these women from third-world countries and and all that, and um, so that had really communicated through. So going back, I'm sorry, it kind of went off no, on the tangent. Good, good, but good. Keep going. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I said Well, I, I was going to say that, yeah, it is very important to align yourself with the right team, and, and yes, it's scary. When you don't have, you're not making money yet, and yet you are promising to pay these people, but the way I look at it, Daryl, is it kind of, for me, I'm that personality type that when when I am, you know, when it's absolutely necessary, when you put my hair on fire, I will perform the best. Mm-hmm. That's just who I am. And again, it goes back to knowing yourself really well because there are people who are the exact opposite. You know, if, if they are under pressure, they will stop performing. So it's important to know who you are. I am that personality type that gets going really, really fast when I'm under extreme pressure. Mm. So, so this was perfect for me. Like, not only do I have to make money for myself, but now I've promised these people who are going to be doing all this work, and I have to deliver for them as well. That's and awesome. it was a question of my integrity, and yeah, so all of that was was in place. So there was no room left for procrastination or inertia. There's, there's just nothing left. I remember when I was, you know, in those thirty days, it was literally almost 20-hour work days. I, was, I would just fall asleep on the bed listening to different audios or on the computer. I would wake up, grab something to eat, start working again. I was you know, sleeping one or two hours only sporadically in order to get this done. But, man, the energy was so high. I was loving it. <laughs> it was not. You know, you, when you're going through that momentum, ooh, it is beautiful. You will get the energy, you will get the direction, you will get the people, you will get everything you need as long as you keep saying yes. Mm, say mm. yes, take a step, then say yes again, take the next step. you got to keep doing it. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Now, were there any books or anything that you read that maybe could help the listeners out, some like educational materials that you got along the way that you thought were useful, any books that really inspired you? Oh, yes. I Like I said, I had been um, a fan of the self-growth industry for a while, so I did know this this subject really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, though, that, um, you know, as a Tell Summit host, typically my job is just to interview. So I usually 
get to say very little. In the beginning, I made that big mistake where I, I thought everybody was there to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to these monologues about what I knew, and then I would get nasty comments from my listeners that, hey, we're here to listen to the speaker, not you. And that was a kind of... <laughs> Yeah, that that happened too. And then I realized, oh, interesting. But but then you realize that people that listen to you, I mean, I've ha- I have listeners that have been with me from the very first show I did. They do get to know you. They do get to know your points of view and they, you know how you think, how you operate. And over you know the hundreds of calls I have done now, they have gotten to know me quite well. And a lot of them consider me a teacher and keep insisting that I need to you know teach my own stuff. Um, so yes. It helps, of course, to know the subject really well. And here's another reason why, Daryl, and this is very important. It's important to know your audience. Uh-huh. I, Because I had been through this journey myself, that's why I wanted to create this health summit, I knew what these women are feeling right now. If they've been through a breakup, like this, if they've been through a divorce, or if they're a single mom, or if they have health issues, or whatever it is they're going through, I know how it feels because I've been through it myself. And I know why they're coming to these tell summits. What what is their goal in trying? You know, what are they trying to accomplish by listening to these interviews? And knowing that information is gold because that is what I deliver in my interviews. There's a lot of great, you know, free help that you get. You, you get these positive messages, all these great teachings from these amazing people from around the world. But then also, um, if people want to go further, if they really want to create lasting change in their lives. We, you know, give them offers and how to work deeper with a, with a particular speaker. But again, it's it's because I know my audience so well, I was able to go against what the industry thought were, you know, tested practices and stuff. I kept making changes because I knew this is something I had wanted. I was yearning for as a listener. Nobody was providing it. So I provided it to my listeners. And, and, and there were usually really big hits. There were very successful moves that I made. And everybody kept saying, Wow, you're going to do this? Like, for example, one of the things I I did, the industry norm was to offer packages at $97. Very rarely would they go to $147. That was like, oh, that's the top. Oh, no, we can't go with that. I've offered stuff for thousands of dollars. Mm. And it has been successful launches because I understood, like, there are people here that are very serious. Uh-huh. They would do anything to achieve what they're trying to achieve, and a forty-seven or one hundred forty-seven dollar package just isn't doing that. Uh-huh. And so we we created packages, we did other things. Um, you know, a normal price range for us now is one hundred and ninety-seven dollars instead of the one forty-seven. So it's those little changes that you can make that really affect your bottom line. But it has to be a win-win-win, win for you, win for the speaker, and especially a win for your customer. Uh-huh. The customer should be very happy about what you're doing. Uh-huh. I survey them a lot. I ask them, like, hey, if this is something you're interested in, what do you think? And what else would you like to see in this particular offer? And you get feedback, and then you go and you create it. So I love that. So you're in direct line with the frontline customer, even from the experience of having been in their shoes before. That is huge. Now, anyone that's been following me and knows my show a while, I'm always saying keep a pen and paper handy or something to take notes. And I just want to recap because you've gone through so many really important points. I want to summarize them. And so first of all, the very first thing you said when we got on this call was that it's all about mindset. Next thing about that is you said you stopped judging yourself for failure. You gave 
gave up on that. You decided that you would only be a failure if you didn't keep moving forward. The next thing is you said you did your research and you took risks. So there are some key points to that. You knew the market. You knew all your competitors enough that even when you did hire the team, you knew that they were the best team. So you weren't taking a crapshoot at all because you knew who the big names in the industry were and you found out who worked with them and you and some went and somehow convinced them to work with you on your stuff. So we have mindset, we have stop judging yourself, we have do your research, know your industry, take risks. You also said follow your passions. That was a huge one too. Your intuition, your heart was driving you in a direction and you went after it full throttle. You also talked about building your list. That's huge in any business. Every business needs mm-hmm. lists. Every business has mm-hmm. at a minimum. You've got a list of leads which are potential customers. You've got a list of active customers, people who just bought or bought very recently. And you have a list of lost customers, people that gave you money one time and either asked for a refund or have not bought from you in a long, long time. Every single business has those three lists. And your focus was on growing each of them. That's huge. You also talked about hiring the best team there and you paid them whatever they wanted and you kept the rest. And I love that because the other thing was is now you've got to, you know, you're busy doing millions of dollars a year, right? But the very, some would say it was very humble beginnings. Your first one only doing $300, but that wasn't the real victory. The real victory was you had a world-class team. You had done it once. And if you can do it once, you can do it a second, third, fourth, fifth time. And you knew you get better every time, which is so huge versus people that would try to cobble together other stuff. You also said, never be satisfied. I think that's a huge one because they often say nothing fails like success. And that's something even mm-hmm. I, myself, you have some big wins some windfalls. It's really easy to sit back on your laurels. So that's a huge one. Knowing your strengths, delegating the rest, no turning back, not having failure as an option. That was a huge one you mentioned too. There's, uh, I forget the tale, but it's somebody goes to invade like Troy or some other country (laughs) and they burned, when they get there after sailing across the ocean, they burned all the boats and it was because Mm -hmm. now they only had one way home and it was through the enemy. I love that. I love that. You also talked about working like hell. So it wasn't that you clicked your heels and you had an argument with God and you know and you just hired this team and they did all the work. You were in the trenches doing it with yourself. And the other part is that you know your audience intimately and you were customizing what your business did for them and you were completely disregarding what everyone else probably would have told you to do, which is huge because you built your business around your customers doing what they need and serving them. So just to summarize that for everyone, if they've been listening, again, this is part of why I say take notes because I'm the interviewer. I'm interviewing. Somehow I got all this good stuff. So those people listening, you should have pages and pages notes right now because I'm talking, you're just listening, no excuses. So let's keep going forward. Um, what do you feel are some of the habits that you had, like going through this? That I mean, it's been years mm-hmm. now you've been doing this. And at any point in time, you could have made a wrong turn. So what are some of the consistent habits you feel that you've got going that are keeping you on your path to success? Well, I, I, first I have to say we have taken a lot of wrong turns. So that's, that is a natural part of the process. You will take long turns. Just be ready for course correction. The quicker you can do it, the better you will be. So don't let ego get involved. If it's your, you know, I said this, I'm going to prove it to you guys that this will work. So that's another thing. I really don't have my ego involved. If somebody from my team tells me, Aaron, we did this, I think it's a waste of time. It's just not, it's not, it's just not doing what it's supposed to do. We will course correct immediately. Hmm. So that's one of the things. The habits that I, I, 
really rely on is, um, Daryl, one of the things I think is uh, one of the keys to my success is I spend a lot of money on uh, a lot of time and money on my own education. I invest in myself heavily as well. So I, as you very well know, I'm, I'm part of all kinds of different mastermind groups. As a habit, I have always surrounded myself with people that are smarter than me, that are more successful than me, that have done what I want to do. And I, I make friends with them. I become part of their coaching programs. I will be part of their mastermind groups. That, I think, has paid off so handsomely, I can't even put a number on it. Mm. Because, I mean, they're, they're constantly inspiring you. Also, they give you shortcuts to whatever it is that you're trying to, you know, your learning curve becomes a lot shorter because of those people. And just being the energy of those amazing people is awesome. Then you make great connections also with the right kind of people. So when I need something, I need, let's say, I don't know, when I needed Facebook marketing done, for example, it was just one email and I got the best name in the industry. When I needed help from an expert like yourself, one email, I got your name. And I just... They come highly recommended. There are people that have proven results. And that has been one of the keys. You know, when I was sending, starting out, I, as soon as I could, I was sending six figures easily um, in the different coaching programs that I was in. And people would be like, wow, you're crazy. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, maybe. But let's see. And then they asked me, like, oh. How come you went from, you know, zero to six figures and six figures to seven figures so quickly? And I'm going, mm, maybe it's that crazy habit I have. Yeah, of, crazy habit of, I have. Of yeah. Exactly. Because one right tip from, a, from an expert in the industry you're trying to break through a break into, one tip there can be thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions. Uh-huh. One tip. You know, and, and, and that's what you're looking for. You're looking for the, the highest in, in education and highest level of um, expertise. So that's one of the habits. The other habit I would say is this um, habit of innovation. I just keep wanting to improve. I just keep wanting to find better ways to serve my community. So that the focus is always how can we serve these people better? If, if, the way I look at it is, if this was me on the other end, if this was my sister, what would I do to help her? How would I make this experience better for her? So sometimes it's, okay, improve your technology. Sometimes it's something else. Sometimes it's improve your package, improve the services you're offering, bring about new healers. That's been one of the biggest reasons why my Tell Summit is so popular is that we keep bringing fresh blood. I, it was one of the things I, as a listener, was getting tired of was it was the same few people, same faces that we kept seeing again and again. They're teaching great stuff, but it's not inspiring anymore because it's not new. Mm-hmm. And people want, you know, fresh, new content. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things we became uh, known for was that I was constantly taking risks with fresh content, fresh blood, bringing in new people. And um, in the beginning... It was not very successful because those people have no list, so they're not really um, helping us support the list size. But because it was fresh content, people just flocked. You know, our mm. listeners very loyal. They stopped listening to other tell summits. It was almost like you know we don't have a parallel. Nobody else is doing this, mm. so they just um, they became very very loyal. So the list size didn't necessarily grow exponentially when I was you know, conducting that particular experiment, but our revenues went through the roof, mm. which was 
so interesting. Like, huh, well, that's an interesting observation. What just happened here? And then knowing what works, keep doing it. Do more of that. And that's something, um, you know, that, that another business expert who was reviewing our business, he pointed that out to me. He said, one of your, you, you, you just naturally have a knack for doing what works. I don't focus on fluff, Daryl. I don't care about fluff. I don't care about what everybody else thinks is a great thing to do. You know, when they were introducing videos to tell Summit, I was just really reluctant. I said, no, my gut says video is not going to work well for Summit interviews. Although it's really great and everything else, it's not going to be good for Summit. And I didn't do it. And everybody else did it. And then they stopped doing it because it didn't work. <laughs> so, you know, keep testing. Know what is working in your business. Know how your business operates. And then stop doing what's not working and do more of what is working. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Great tips. Great goal. Like just huge. I love the part about investing in yourself. And it's funny because when you said that, to be re- and to be really transparent, it's f- when I reflected, so recording this early 2016, at the end of 2015, I was assessing the year and everything I'd done, and I only really had one regret. And I'm being very, very honest here. I only had one regret that I could think of from the whole year, and it was the one time I said no. And it was because I got an invite to do a one-day event on a topic I wanted to learn about with some people I really look up to who are going to be there, but it was $5,000 for the one day, and it was right before Christmas. And I've got a lot of friends that are also skilled in that thing. And I was like, I don't need to spend that money because I got these friends I could turn to, but now I'll never know what I didn't learn. And I knew who was at that meeting and there was three or four people I would love to have better relationships with. And it's honestly my one regret that I can think of from like the last year, two years is that, man, I just just spent the money because it's not even that much. It's five grand. Like you said, like even one idea or even one really good contact that's willing to refer you or you know what I mean? Like do a JV mailing or, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you can promote their stuff. You happen to like, there's so many different ways to, 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 pl- to grow a tree, I guess, or I don't know, I, I don't want to skin anything. So there's so many different ways to be successful. It really is. So when you're talking about that, I was like, ah, that's the one thing I feel like I haven't done. So anyways, that was just good. That was a pain point for me that struck me in my heart. Sorry, a little side tangent. Um, <laughs> it's all right. It was, you you, like, you can ah. do it this year. Yeah, we can like, go together. You can do it this year, Daryl. Okay, fair I'll enough. I'll go with you. Aw, thanks, yeah. E-Rob. All right. We're making plans. All right. I will hold you to it. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah. um, so all right. So we talked about the different phases that you've gone through. We've talked about kind of the evolution and your mindset and the habits that helped you through, the risks you took. You gave a ton of great uh, info on this. Now, I want to know, like, do you feel like there's ever the, what was the best piece of advice you ever got? All these coaching groups, all these people you've worked with and learned from, is there any that's the best piece of advice you've got that you've heard from someone else? Mm, There's lots of really great advice that I've gotten, honestly, Mm -hmm. but what came up immediately when you asked this question, Mm Bill, a very wise man just recently told me that um, if I were to look at um, the number of sales I've had, the number of customers that actually bought something from me last year, and really drill down and look at how many of them were repeat customers, 
it was interesting. We did that number, and it turned out that it was the 80-20 rule. The 80% people actually never bought another. They just bought one item, and they didn't buy anything else. But if I were to focus on that 80% and get them to buy one or more multiple times from me, I would automatically double or triple my revenues. I think that was brilliant advice. And you know who that wise man was? <laughs> making Darryl me blush Hockey. over here. You're making me blush over here. Oh, thank you, It's a great, great piece of advice because, you know, mine is a volume-based business. The sheer volume of calls we do and the offers we make had kind of prevented me from looking at this side, which was, you know, that I should actually be focusing more on multiple sales. We were really focusing on the number of offers and the list size. Mm. So those two things had been my focus. And, it, and it's, it's, it's excruciating. It's just a lot of work. Mm. But this was a key element, really, that we had not focused on at all. And mm. so when you pointed that out, that was that right there is probably going to be worth uh, millions of dollars when you have this fully implemented. That's so awesome. Pat myself on the back. Good job. I know <laughs> it is. See, that's what I mean about one, one, only one advice from the right expert can, you know, totally change the face of your business. And I, I get lots of really brilliant advice from you, but this one item I think is, is my goal for 2016. One of my biggest goals for 2016. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Thank you, Iram. I really appreciate mm-hmm. one, the plug and two, just the you. you're making me blush. I think I am blushing. Um, sure. So now you've got like good when you're blushing. <laughs> so you've got a lot of friends that obviously have other businesses and same industry or different industries, and like you said, you're in these different coaching groups and you're involved and you interact with other business owners a lot. Do you feel that there's a couple of mistakes that you see your your friends and and either people in your industry? Do you see that there's common mistakes that they're all making? Um, I guess one of the Biggest mistake that Mutel Summits make, and a lot of people that were my colleagues made that mistake and are no longer in the business, is they treat it as a kind of a hobby or a second business. Mm. And to make a tele-summit generate, you know, seven-figure income for you, you have got to treat it as, as a business. It's not a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are lured into this into this theme of, oh, I can be a host and I can do this and everybody, you know, it seems easy and um, I can make some money on the side. It doesn't really work that way. The competition mm-hmm. is fierce. We've been, we've been raising the bar. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, since I entered into this industry, I've seen a lot of changes that are taking place because we're becoming more and more competitive and we're constantly improving the customer experience. So when somebody comes into this industry and they're just offering you know, one call a week or, you know, then they take off for a few months and then it's not going to work. So that's one of the things I would say is the most common mistake is when they think they can treat it like a hobby and it's not, you can't do that. Mm. Then the second thing is you have to understand there's a, there's a lot of back office, back end stuff that goes into a successful production of a telesummit. There's a ton of work that needs to be done. And then, of course, the show is only a couple of hours. It's just like any other um, radio or TV show, Daryl. But, mm-hmm. you know, you get to see only 45 minutes, but there's a lot of work that went into producing those 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. The telecommits are the same way. Um, and so if you're not ready for that kind of a commitment, don't go into it because you will fail eventually. Mm. And um, 
But if you do go into this, know that the first couple of months or the first, you know, couple of series will be hard, but then it's 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 really wonderful. And yes, I put in a lot of work. I was in the trenches with my team for the first couple of years. I had to because I had to be the leader. It was my face that the audience was connected with my voice. I had to be, you know, the tell summit. Mm-hmm. And then now, as you know, Daryl, um, helping me with this is to now actually be the opposite of stepping back and letting a team take over and, and do whatever we have been doing successfully. But all the practices are already in place. We already know what works, what doesn't work. We're not experimenting in those areas. And therefore, I can relinquish some of that control. It is not easy because this mm-hmm. is my baby. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, it's another, it's a new learning curve for me where I have to learn to step back, let my team make some mistakes that they need to learn that way. But, um, <clears throat> but when you are new in the industry and you try to do that, you will you will destroy your health on it. Mm-hmm. You can't delegate everything off to a team and, and then just show up for an interview. Yeah. You have to be involved. You have to yeah, you have to have you have to keep your finger on the pulse. You need to know what's going on. Yeah. That's great advice. Actually, I was fortunate enough that one of my earliest mentors said that. He said, if you treat your business like a hobby, it will pay you like a hobby. But if you treat your business Mm -hmm. like a business, it will pay you like a business. So I love that you said that because there's a lot of people out there that they read the four-hour work week and they want to have this, you know, the muse that generates all this money and, you know, just money flying out of their computer and they're sleeping all day and, right? But that, like you said, that's that's not how it worked. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. all the energy is, especially in the liftoff, to get a rocket into outer space. It's that it's the eighty twenty principle. Eighty percent of the effort is in the first twenty percent of the distance. Just getting from zero to making momentum. Same thing when you drive your car. Same thing. Anytime you're just going from zero to getting momentum in a new direction, it is so tough. Even when people are trying to get into a new habit, starting to go to gym, whatever. It's the first. You know, you could have a new habit for years and years and years. It's that very first beginning that needs the most effort. So, so well said. So well done. Now, so what do you predict are some of the future trends of your industry? Where do you see things? going and not I mean because it's a telesummit but it's also education and there's a lot mm-hmm. of different right so where do you think is the future where do you think things will be in two to five to ten years from now any idea oh yeah I'm I'm super excited about the future <laughs> of, of this industry because I mean first of all we know where the internet is headed it's going to probably double it's we're going to go to another boom and um, what that means is that billions of more people are going to be online. Mm-hmm. And telesummits are global. We have a global audience. And so I'm very excited about that. The other trend that I'm excited about is that more and more people are openly admitting to being spiritual and interested in, in new aid and, you know, kind of woo-woo and self-growth. Those industries are exploding as well. Self-growth is really exploding. So all of those trends are very positive, and we are just already preparing to be in the right place at the right time to be able to take advantage of this. So I'm thinking a lot more automation is required in our industry. Mm-hmm. You have the live shows, which are great, but then you also have to have um, stuff that is going to be available for people that um, may not have known you yesterday, but they want to connect with you today and they want something immediately. So a lot more automation is probably going to start happening soon. And um, you will see um, probably at least a couple of companies that are going to become giants, really, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that are going to be in the self-help, self-growth, kind of like 
I almost want to say something like an Amazon, for example. You just are housing different um, authors and teachers and speakers and all their information is going to be through through a company like that. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. So that's some of what's to come. You know, and I haven't mentioned this before, but, you know, you said something about the video. And I think this is an important thing because it goes back to knowing your, your users and knowing the, the, the customers and what they need and want. At least for especially a lot of information type things and educational things. Apparently audio, and I learned this from Darren Hardy from Success Magazine. We were on a hike. It was a mutual friend's birthday. We were on a hike. And I got to chatting with him, and it was a great opportunity to kind of get to know him a little bit. And one of the things he told me about is that based on all the stats, he'd had a TV network at one point, and he's done radio and all this stuff. And he said, but audio is by far, not even by marginal, but by Mm -hmm. far the most consumed content format because reading and video require you to be stationary and focus your attention on one thing, especially in today's day and age when we're so distracted by so many things, our phone's going off, all that stuff. Audio is a great way to keep your mind busy when your hands aren't and your hands are occupied. And it's so portable. You can take it in your car. You can take it with you on a walk and a jog to the gym, all these other places. So I loved how you said that, that even though there was a shiny new object, you were kind of thinking about, you know, that's great. But you were thinking of yourself as a user and mm-hmm. you know, your customers and you knew that wouldn't. I just, I just, I don't know. I wanted to mention that because I think that's a valid point that because we talked about the future just now and there are going to be a lot of technological developments, but you know, mm. you can't, in some ways, like, what is it? You can't regress a phone book, right? Like, there's, yeah. you, you can come with automated databases and all this stuff, but at the end of the day, some things are just a phone book. And in some ways, you know, you can't, like, I don't know. I'm, I well, and, and I'll, I'll say something, you know, it's going back to playing to your strengths. I, I personally just don't like video. <laughs> I'm very reluctant <laughs> to see on a video. Mm. And I also know that when it comes to sales, because telesummit calls are, basically designed eventually to sell something. Mm-hmm. When it comes to sales, you really want to keep the distractions to a minimum. Mm-hmm. So that's also something I just intuitively just understood that if I, you know, and most of my audience are women, and we as women know how women think that, you know, they're going to say, oh, she's wearing too much makeup. Then other person's going to say, no, she's not wearing enough makeup. Somebody's going to say, well, she's so, you know, she's dressed in a T-shirt and, you know, she looks like she just came back from the gym. And somebody else is going to say, oh, my God, she's too professional. What kind of spiritual person is, you know, it's going to be so many contradictions mm-hmm. that will prevent us from sales. And I just didn't want to put up all of that as a, mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, it's like, um, you know, putting that red flag in front of a bull. I just didn't want to go there. Got it. So, Got and, it. And, and, and another thing, though, is when you're in a global uh, setup, like telecommits are, you have to be mindful that not everybody's internet is like what we have in North mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. So they will have streaming issues with yep. video. Yep. 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 Yeah. So true. And the other part is you're keeping it simple. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. There's a saying, Keeping it simple. the yeah. pioneers get the arrows, the settlers get the land. And so that's almost it too. You're like, we'll let them figure. I mean, in some ways, of course, you say you like to innovate. But in that way, you don't want to upset your cart the whole way through. So I guess there is a bit of an art to this as well. You want to be innovative, but you have to be careful, I guess, which ways you go. And I guess you don't want to sacrifice your entire business at any point. Um, to test out something new, kind of is that true? A gradual, slow? I mean, how would you introduce? I, I, I feel like we're going back into it, but I really, I'm just curious. How would you introduce new things when you had a new innovation? How would you kind of present? It? You would just kind of do it, but be prepared to change quickly if it didn't work. 
I've done it both ways. We've done it where we test with a with a smaller segment of our group to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I've just introduced something new, but just really been um, observing the feedback very mm-hmm. keenly to see, okay, is this working or not? And then, yeah, correct your course immediately if it's not working. And again, being very open with your audience. I just always let them know beforehand, look, this is something we're trying. Let me know if you don't like it. We're open for feedback. And then they are now, they've become, I've kind of trained them, Daryl, to know that, that when I say this, we will pay attention to their feedback. So they kind of have ownership in there. They know that, okay, so their theorem is listening. She's going to change this. And, and then we let them know, okay, we're switching back because this is the feedback we got and we're you know, grateful for their feedback. So they really feel very connected to me that, okay, Iram listens. They keep switching and they keep changing to improve their services for us. And that gives them that ownership. And that's so important Mm -hmm. because they don't have that anywhere else. They have it with me. So they feel like, oh, this is my... This is my tell summit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. And they're more forgiving that way. When we make a mistake, they're more forgiving. <laughs> it's okay, you know? Yep. <laughs> That's your own being your own. That's all right. She'll change it back if I don't like it. <laughs> and you're also, but you're also in the marketplace having real conversations with real customers. And that's something so many business owners are guilty of, myself included, of, of sitting in a closet or a dark, not talking to the people you're trying to be helped. Like being afraid of looking like a fool or, right, or doing something and making a mistake. That's just such a powerful lesson, I feel like, you know. Oh, I have to tell you, Daryl, that is something, like I told you, I... I have made spectacular mistakes, (laughs) and I have been very open about it. Like, okay, guys, I just did this and fell flat on my face. (laughs) And I have even even requested for support. Like, you know, I'm going through a hard time, and I would love your support. And love just keeps, you know, it just pours in. So what that means is, first of all, a lot of people, a lot of people in my community, uh, in the special industry, make this mistake that if you're an energy healer, if you're a teacher, you can do no wrong. You have to be perfect. And that is, that kind of um, is, 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 a, is a wrong impression because now you're no longer human, therefore they cannot connect with you. Mm. So when I show my vulnerability, they feel this, this you know, the protective instinct comes overtakes and then they, they want to protect me, but they also know she's human. She, she keeps making all these mistakes, but she keeps, she keeps moving forward. So actually, that leadership role that I, I didn't even know that I had in, in, with my community, that becomes strengthened because now they really get inspired. Like, she's a woman just like me. Mm-hmm. She gets hurt. She cries. She has pain. She gets you know, she falls for the wrong guy or whatever, yep. and then she she owns it, and then she just keeps moving forward. And that's what I need to do as well, because if she can do it, I can do it. Mm. And that's very important. You have mm. to connect with your audience. Now, if you're a macho guy and you have a, an audience full of macho guys, you know, I don't know what you need to do. But for my audience, this is very important. I have to be real. I have to be authentic. And I have to be vulnerable. Well, and what I love about that as well at the same time is it's like a sports team. Like, you don't give up on your sports team just because they lose a game. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't give exactly. up on them. Your kids your kids mm-hmm. make a mistake or get suspended from school. You're not like, you're, right? You don't write them off. So it's the same thing. I, 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 really, I really like that perspective. That's a great way to put it. And it's, I think it's a wonderful way to look at it, too. So. 
Iram, you've been so candid, so transparent, and so helpful on this call. You've given not only a breakdown of how you got started to admitting the ups and downs of the journey along the way to some of the secrets to your success to some of your some of the things that you do that other people don't do to ways for people to look at their business and look at their customers even from things advice you even helped me out in this call you know you even put some plugs uh, gave a plug for me I mean you've been such a great host such a great guest thank you so much thank for coming you. but if anyone here listening wants to get in touch with you or wants to reach out or wants to ask more or wants to know about what you're doing I mean where can they find out about your telesummit where can they go if they have other questions business questions how do they reach out to you um well they can uh, the easiest way is to just go to um from heartache to joy.com mm-hmm. and that is the best way to connect with us you will basically just put your name and email address you will become a part of our list you'll get some emails you can respond to those emails you know if you have questions and stuff mm-hmm. and our support team will um eventually get that email forwarded to me just please allow a few days for that to take place because we do get a lot of emails and (laughs) yeah and then another way is if you google if you just do a search on facebook and you look for um from heartache to joy you will find a page you can connect with us through that as well but the best way really is through the website because then you can actually connect with our support team right 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 that's so awesome and so that's from heartache to joy f uh, r o m h e r t a c h e t o j o y dot com. Iram, thank you. Yeah, so I think much. you spelled heart incorrectly, but but I think everybody knows how to what? spell heart. A c a r t. I think you missed the a, but that's okay. Oh, dice! Oh my! Oh my gosh! I apologize. That's okay. That's okay. Maybe I just didn't hear it, but it's from heartache. To joy. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So, Iram, thank you so much for your time. You are a valued and, and cherished friend, and I appreciate your time for the call today. Um, again, just thank you for blessing us, for sharing your wisdom, and uh, yeah, just hope you have a wonderful weekend. Carol, it was awesome. It's always a blast to talk to you, and I love what you're doing. It's great service. I absolutely love it. If, you know, as entrepreneurs, we need. Uh, the kind of platforms that you're offering. So thank you so much for everything that you are doing as well. And anytime you want to have me back, I would love to come back and talk some more. It was just a blast. Thank you for having me. Sounds like a plan. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, What three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give to them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, 
bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. Uh, You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.